welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we are so glad that you're tuning in each and every week to hear what two bozos have to say. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep that in there. But seriously, if you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, share, send it to a friend, say, check this out, listen to my pastors or listen to these guys. They got something to say that I've been trying to have a conversation with you for years. No, don't do that. But share it, social media, whatever. Get the word out. Your favorite two pastors and a mic. What's this week's question of the week? Man, this week's question of the week is what do you do normally on a day off? What do you do or what's your favorite way to spend a day off or both? It's whatever. What's which way? Okay, maybe you don't do anything. Yeah. So what's your favorite way to spend your day oh, off? Man. Okay, so this question was really hard for me individually because, for example, I, I take a day off. I really do. But I oftentimes find myself in my day off going, what should I be doing? And I know it's really different for like pastors. Like they say your day off shouldn't be doing like the yard work or the stuff that you have to do. Like this is for rest and for your mind and whatnot. I, I find myself having a hard time figuring out what to do. So I just kind of waste. I scroll a bit, maybe watch a little TV. I sometimes mow my grass. I, I, I have a hard time taking a full day off. I end up reading, which I'm not supposed to be doing that because I read all the time. Right. So... Yeah, maybe maybe what so what's my favorite thing if I could do it man I would just go play hockey with some of my friends for a couple hours and then go out to eat and then go play another sport basketball I don't know like I just I like sports I like competition I like activity snowboarding man I would love to just go for a day off snowboarding but we don't live near any mountains right. bummer Yep I mean honestly this is a difficult question for us both because man how would I spend my day off Honestly, I don't really take that many days off completely. Yeah, it's bad. Like, I know you say it's bad, but I have just, I have this rhythm to my life. And there, there are a lot of days that are like work days that I work full days and I accomplish a lot. But even on my quote unquote off days, there's still a few loose end things that I take care of. Or, you know, there's always that person that when I think about it, I'm going to call and I'm going to reach out and text, or I'm going to oh man, I really need to respond to this email before then, or just, it's just the flow of my life. And yeah. And so I haven't been great at taking off, but I mean, I guess I'll answer it the same way that you just did. Um, I love on my days off that we've tried to schedule Melanie's days off on the same day. So we can go do date days while all four of our kids are in school and it Mm -hmm. is amazing. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to look forward to all week. Afternoon delight. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a little few hours that we get to spend together, go to lunch, run a few errands, and yeah, just be together. So I really like that doing that on my day off. Man, it's a good question. We need some help. If you have some ideas. Yeah, we do need we help. It's do. probably the reason why I'm taking a sabbatical. Yeah. Because I need it. Well, you're currently I need on to sabbatical. be forced to. By the time that people are hearing this, we had to record before your sabbatical. So you are on sabbatical. You're probably like on week four or five of your sabbatical hopefully recharged. Yeah. Hopefully figuring out what to do with your time off. Yeah. Hopefully having a blast hearing from God and enjoying rest, yeah. relaxation, Family. recharging. I like it. When's my sabbatical? Just kidding. Mm. <laughs> you never get a day off slave boy. Yep. <laughs> that was awkward. Till eternity. <laughs> so today we have part five of things Christians should stop saying part five. Here's the phrase. You've probably heard it in some 
way, shape, or form. Oh, they for sure heard it. You've probably said it. I've been guilty of saying it. I have removed it from my vocabulary, oh, though. Said it. Here's the phrase. Here's something you should stop saying. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Awkward silence, because we want you to think about that for real. Hate the sin, love the sinner. It's such a Christian cliche yeah. that is just bullcrap. I might get fired up this episode and go on a couple rants because it's it's what Christians say because they're scared of if they don't say it, they'll be condoning someone's lifestyle or activity, regardless of whether or not they think it is sin. It is such a bullcrap thing to say in the church culture that totally nullifies other people's point of views, perspectives, worldviews, lifestyles, everything. And it's, in my opinion, it's not the gospel at all because if you look at the life of Jesus and the people that he ticked off, which was almost always religious people, Christians today would be rebuking Jesus for not doing that. Man, it's so crazy. Man, and if you think about it, hate the sin, love the sinner. Like one, the first problem I have with that phrase, can we just break this down? Yeah, let's do it. The first thing I hate about this phrase is the fact that you're calling another person and labeling them sinner. Mm-hmm. Where haven't we learned like from Paul, at least when he's addressing all these different churches, especially the church in Corinth and man, man, they getting crazy. They like, are getting they're getting crazy. drunk on the communion wine. They're man, sleeping they're with having their like, yeah, I was getting there. I was just trying oh, to do I, a little buildup. I, build I build the, that's I a blew huge. the punch. <laughs> yeah. In first <laughs> Corinthians chapter five, I don't even know what blew the punch means. <laughs> oh it no, it's out. all good. But if you think about it, yeah, there's so much stuff going on and even incest and all this craziness, yeah. like, and we would say, oh, that's so much sin. But Paul never labeled them that way as sinners. No, nope. They he would say, saints. hey, saints. Hey, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so, man, that's the first problem yeah. I have about that. Sinner is not your identity. I have a blog called Saints Not Sinners. And Christians have a big problem with it because they're like, oh, they're sinners, sinners. Or we still deal with sin. We're seen. We still deal with sin. Okay, I understand that we still sin. But sinner is not your identity. Son is. Daughter is. That is your permanent identity. You aren't identified by the thing you struggle with. You're identified as God's children. And so sin is never an identity. But when you label someone as a sinner, that gives them an identity that is a false identity of who they are. So then people struggle with sin because guess what? We become a society that is so sin conscious that we can't even see our savior because all we look at is the things we've done and the things we have to overcome instead of recognizing that Jesus already okay, overcame all of it. Right. And when, and when that's all we focus on, we tend to just think so much less of ourself in a very negative way. And we think of ourselves as this like dirty, rotten, low down worm of a sinner, you know, and that's what the sin consciousness does. It, it reflects ourself in that light to ourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's the first big problem I have with it. The second big problem I have with it. Okay. Hate the sin. And I, I get what people are trying to do and trying to say with that. But at the end of the day, they probably don't even understand that. And cause they think, oh, well, sin separates us from God, but it, it doesn't never has. It never has. Even from the very beginning, man, God still came and still called out to Adam and Eve. Where are you? It ain't like when they sin, in which people would say that they did. It ain't like he just hands off, I'm out, no more, not even going to show up anymore. No, he didn't do that. And he constantly pursued us and he constantly does pursue us. And yeah, so sin, it doesn't separate us 
from God, right? It doesn't um, remove us from God's love. But man, we, we definitely don't want people to fall into any kind of sin because it destroys our natural relationships mm-hmm. with not our vertical with our heavenly father, but our horizontal with our family and our friends and our coworkers. Like think about all the people we know who even pastors who have fallen into some type of sin, which by the way, a lot of times doesn't get handled accurately at all. Like, dang it, if we want to stop and freaking talk about that too, how they are just pushed to the side, never taking through a real uh, place of healing and reconciliation and restoration. They're just, oh, you messed up, you're tossed to the side, never to be used again. Like it's, it's freaking insane. But think about like the, like the dude's marriage mm-hmm. or his kids or the reputation in the community. Like all that stuff is, is hindered when people do fall into what we would maybe call or categorize a sin, but we got to stop saying this idea of hate the sinner, love the sin. It's six, it's a six word phrase, <laughs> but we only need freaking one word. Yeah. Love. You said, you said it wrong, but it, hate the sin, love the sinner. Right. Yeah. Or, we whatever only need I said. One, yeah. Just love. Yeah. Hate the sin, love the sinner. It's six words. Man, just use one word. Love. Yeah. It's all, it, we're not, it's never our job to tell people what to do, how to live, Man. regardless of what it is, but it is our job to show people that they're loved. And so it, again, if we hate the idea, and I do, of labeling someone sinner, if we don't want people to use hate the sin, love the sin, just take out all of it and just stick with one word, just love. love. Why are you so worried about what other people are going to think about you? If God is calling you to love somebody, which he calls us all to love people, we already talked about that, what I think things Christians should stop saying is God's calling me to a specific place and realize that God's called you to love everyone that you yep. come into contact with. If, if, if God is pressed on your heart to go be the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody, don't qualify it based on how you think people are going to judge you by loving that person. Yeah. My gosh. And I think, man, just in this moment, I'm thinking that hate the sin, love the sinner. People use that. I think just as a way of separating themselves from actually having to love the people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reminded of a story that um, our friend Kevin um, from Texas told us whenever he was um, pastoring down there several years ago, they had the gay pride parade that went right through his town. Mm-hmm. And if we say that, or when Christians say that phrase, a lot of times they're talking to the Major- LGBTQ community. Majority of the time people are addressing the LGBTQ community. Right. When they say that phrase, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. But I remember Kevin just going out there and he just wore this huge old shirt that said in big letters, pastor hugs. Mm -hmm. And he was just out there to do nothing else but to love people and to accept people Mm -hmm. and not have to have any kind of, you know, phrase or any motto or any worry that, man, if he's out here loving on people, that someone's going to be offended or think that he might not follow Jesus. Matter of fact, I think in that moment, I think he portrayed Jesus better than most people do oh, yeah. in their entire lives. Well, he had countless. I mean, I remember sitting in the room yeah. with him and having countless stories of people that would cry into his shoulder and this is what happened in the church or this is what... And guys, okay, yeah. we talked last week uh, on the episode that the word homosexual wasn't added to the to the Bible until 1946, the English translation of the Bibles. And, and we can talk about whether you think homosexuality is a sin or not. I love the, I love having this conversation with people individually. But the, at the end of the day, if you think that it is a sin and that is what you use to address the homosexual community, then the church as a whole is failing this community. Because if the church rejects these people by putting stimulations or expectations on them, 
on this people group, the people group that you actually have no idea what they're going through. You, you can't relate to it. You've never had a relationship with somebody that struggles with that. I would say you are doing more harm for the kingdom of God than the person that is loving on those people. You, you have to yeah. get out of your preconceived perspective of what you think the gospel message is all about because the gospel is for everyone. So let's stop putting dividers up to justify you being a jerk. So no more. Hate the sin, love the sinner. In fact, Derek Meyer, Derek Meyer says it this way. He says, Dear Christian, if you need to qualify your words or actions as only meant in love, then more than likely it's the contrary because love is self-evident and doesn't need to be over-explained. If the person on the receiving end of said love is harmed, but you continue justifying yourself, then you just confirmed that it was never about the person feeling loved. It was about you being right. And that is the biggest mm. problem I see in the modern church today is people, oh, I'm just telling you this in love. No, it has nothing to do with love. This has everything to do with you being a bigot about what you believe and forcing your beliefs down someone else's throat in the name of love, which isn't in the name of love at all because it doesn't look like Jesus. And it's not your job to. I love what you said earlier. And we try to tell this to people as pastors. It is not our job to tell anybody how to live. It really isn't. People think that it is. People have wrongly uh, associated the church and the pastors as telling, oh, just tell me how to live. It's not our job to tell anybody how to live. It is our job to show you who Jesus is and then to love you like that. That is it. And if the world did that, I don't think that we would have Gandhi's most famous phrase of, I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Yeah, no, I, I mean, honestly, I, I almost can't even add anything to that. And I love that quote. And and you're right. I feel like there are so many people that aren't looking to make a difference. They're just out there trying to um, think that, yeah, prove a point, mm -hmm. yeah, instead of making a difference. And mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, I, I love this. I love this conversation. I love thinking through this idea of of what it means to truly be like Jesus. And at the end of the day, um, whenever we're out there and we come at something or come at someone and say, well, we're just telling you this out of love and you bring it out, man, we, we have to hate the sin and love the sinner. Like when you bring it out in that light, what you're really doing is, um, not trusting in the Holy spirit and his work and, and what he wants you're to do. acting like the Holy spirit and you want to be the Holy spirit in people's life, telling them what to do, but it's the Holy spirit's job to convince people of who they are. It's the Holy Spirit's job to guide and lead into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring comfort and peace. And so when you're out there telling people what they should be doing, you basically are saying, Holy Spirit, I don't trust you and I don't think you're doing a good job. Man, I'm gonna look up something because I think you're gonna have to ramble for a second while I look this up because I think I have notes on this. No, that's fine. And honestly, I don't know how much more I have to say about this other than, you know, at the end of the day, and this is where I have fallen enough and you can say where you're at with this, but if I get accused for being too inclusive at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay to live with that. Yeah, for sure. So, cause I want to be known as someone that is for people. I want to be known at, that is someone that's accepting um, people right where they're at, because that's what Jesus did. He didn't run from people. He ran towards people. And man, 
he loved to engage in just sit, whether it's in dialogue, at parties. Man, that's where you found Jesus hanging out. And and he wasn't afraid of anyone's sin. What mm. was he doing? Always convincing them of who they are as sons and daughters and as children of God. And yeah. I think that's our job as well. I think Christians are really scared of grace because they're uncomfortable with other people having freedom. And here is my my thought around the Holy Spirit because there's too many people that are trying to be the Holy Spirit in other people's lives mm -hmm. as if they could fix somebody. But what they've totally missed is empathy and their own issue with trying to control people. But if, you, if you're the type of person that has lost patience with the Holy Spirit changing people, you'll end up being that type of person that only preaches law at them instead of grace because people won't perform to the standard that you think that they ought to be living under. So you give them a list of instructions to make them feel better about their salvation. And so what happens is when you say stupid stuff like hate the sin, but love the sinner is you, you end up saying that to people for your benefit, not theirs, because you're just offended by how slow you think they should be changing or how, yeah, how slow yeah. they're changing because, oh, well, I got to tell this person and be their Holy Spirit in their life because I'm unsatisfied with the speed of the Holy Spirit in their life. And it's it's a very challenging thought because we feel like, oh, we know it all. So I got to jam this Jesus dude down your throat because of what? To make you feel better about yourself? Because the gospel message is inclusive. The gospel message is love. The gospel message is, holy crap, like, the religious people were so ticked off at Jesus because he loved so differently than they thought they were supposed to love. And that should be challenging for us. Yeah. So, yeah, so challenging. And I think the biggest part of love, like how we can love, because some people might listen to this and they're like, well, that isn't showing love. That isn't love. Man, I think love is listening. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's a big part of it. And without judgment, without condemnation or shame thrown at someone, Man, just sit and listen to someone's story, hear their experience, hear what they went through, what they are going through, and just allow them that space to share those those feelings that they have that, yeah, might be tough, might be difficult, might be painful, but at the end of the day, like, they, they deserve to be heard, whatever it is, I in any situation. That. And so that's, if someone's listening, like, how can I love? someone who I might disagree with their lifestyle or I might disagree with how they see things. Well, just, just listen. Well, if love is, is baked in a relationship, you telling them off in a moment breaks any type of relationship because they're not going to listen to you, but you'll feel better about yourself. And I love what you just said, because if you really want to love somebody, listen, but then build a relationship with somebody without jamming any, any beliefs down their throat, yeah. without confronting saying, Oh, you're wrong or whatnot. Why? Because they will see your love and be drawn to you, want to do life with you. And maybe you'll get a different perspective because I would argue that love takes time mm -hmm. where they would say, Oh, I just have to put this person in their place. And that's love. And that is not love. That is anti-love. That is anti-Christ. And so, yeah, man, are we willing to take the time that it, that it would take to build a relationship with someone who does life differently than us, who disagrees with us so that we can gain a perspective and show that empathy and show that love of Christ that you feel like you're convicted to show, then do the yeah. time. And so then it goes back to, are we a safe person? Yeah. Cause they're not going to share anything. They're not going to develop a relationship, but I think the relationships first, and then they begin to open up 
and be willing to be that safe person. Yeah. Love can only grow in a relationship. And if there's no relationship, that's not love. Yep. So good. Yeah. That's all I got on the topic. That's all I got too. Stop saying it. Stop saying hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah. Stop saying it. But even if just, you don't, just say love. Even if you don't, you're still loved and there's nothing you can do about it.